Welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Travel Alert. I'm Steve Glenn. And I'm Paul Glenn. This week we're going to tell you all you need to know about the U.S. State Department has issued a worldwide travel warning. What does that mean? You're going to find out. Stay tuned. Paul, this week, uh, first headline we have in this weekly travel alert reads, what does the U.S. State Department Global Advisory actually mean? This past week, the State Department, in their wisdom, says we're going to launch a worldwide travel advisory. Now, what in the world does that mean? Who does that affect? And uh, how do we deal with that? So those are the issues that the travel uh, world is trying to digest this week. Of course, the big news is Israel and Gaza and all the things happening in the Middle East. And I can understand why that causes concern. So the State Department comes out and they say, we want to warn and give an advisory for all U.S. citizens traveling internationally that they need to take caution. So what is take caution mean? Uh, keep your antenna up, um, look around every corner, watch out for pickpockets, uh, don't go where there's a lot of people in a crowd. So those are all the things that people are asking themselves. The bottom line is there have been a lot of these travel warnings issued in the last 15 years, actually. I think it's 23? 20, 20, 23 worldwide cautions in the last 15 years. And it seems like most of those are kind of for the State Department to cover their butt. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you don't realize how many places that we're traveling to on a regular basis that are under some sort of an advisory for Americans. So this one just goes to a different level because it is something that it is a, a global global thing because of who we are as Americans versus something about a destination. So I think that's a differentiator on this one. Well, and, and then they say this terminology – for for be cautious for tourist areas that are frequented by travelers. Now that could be every location. That could be Pawnee City, Nebraska. It could be Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, that's it's, well, it's everywhere. But basically. I think that's the reality. Is if you look at the news, there are incidents going on around the United States right now. So no, this is not any different than if you were traveling to Chicago, where there are protests going on, or Washington D.C. Or, or if, New York if you City. want to maintain being safe, you're going to stay away from those those locations. So I think that's the the reality of of what we're looking at right now. Is this could be happening? And 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 actually, as I was driving home last week, uh, there were there were people at the, the Capitol building uh, that were flying their flags and, and trying to, to make their case known. So this is just a, a issue that's going on in the world that's got an impact that we all need to, to, to be aware of, but we also have to, to have an ultra heightened sense of our own personal security. But that's well, we can still live. Yeah. No, we still have to live our lives, and we still going. I'm going to travel. I'm, and, I'm uh, traveling next week. You're traveling tomorrow. So. That's right. So I, I, I always say, if you're going to issue an advisory, tell me who, what, when, where, and why. Yeah. Just tell me that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just common sense. Be be cautious when you travel because there's good guys and there's bad guys. So. I uh, I get a little frustrated when they say worldwide advisory. Uh, 
when they've done it 23 times before and just to cover their butts. Now, this may not be the time to wear your political uh, positioning T-shirts as you're on the road. So <laughs> yeah. there, there is some logic that you want to put into or thought that you want to put into as, you're, as you are going out in the world. The next headline in this week's Weekly Travel Alert reads, Is the State Department crying wolf? And as you said, there are 23 worldwide um, cautions issued by the State Department in the last 15 years. That's one or two a year. And with such a high number of alerts, uh, I worry a little bit. There's an old Aesop's fable, and it talks about crying wolf. And it's about this person who cries wolf, cries wolf, cries wolf so many times that when a wolf does come, that nobody pays nobody any pays attention. attention. And that's what I worry about. State Department, if you're going to do it, wait till there's an actual something to cry wolf about, because otherwise the public just hears this over and over. The next headline in this week's Weekly Traveler will be, you won't believe how crazy this is. The State Department currently, Paul, has over 200 destinations on their warning list. I mean... 200. I think it's like 210. I was thinking last night I was counting each one of those. And and I got over 200. And I said over 200 because I wasn't going to count any more of them. And when I tell you some of these on the list, but first we're going to tell you about that they have literally a system Four levels of travel advisories. Different, yeah, different levels. So, and and they, they're they've got it laid out so that you can go check any destination that you're going to at any time and see if there's anything you need to be aware of. And then it gets into the details of why those locations are listed at the rate that they are. You bet. Now, level number one, Paul, is exercise normal precautions. Okay. Why do you need a level one if it says exercise normal? That to me makes no sense. That's, okay, That's the live, live your life level. Yeah, there we go. Level two, exercise increase caution. And that, uh, okay, let's, let's be very cautious. Level three makes sense to me. Reconsider travel. Those are the destinations that you, you probably just don't want to travel there. Although there have been times in, in recent history, and maybe even currently, I haven't looked uh, recently, but like Mexico. Well, we're going to talk about so, that in just a minute. So uh, one of the, some of our prime destinations um, are under that reconsider travel. And I always am amazed when I get questioned about that is, you know, we've booked our family trip to Mexico and then I get this notification that it's a reconsider travel. So, you know, those are, those are common conversations. You bet. Number four is do not travel. Now, that's the kind of notice that I like is the State Department says to this country, do not travel. That's very logical. Now you can guess where those are. That's that's like Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Somalia, Yemen, Ukraine, Venezuela, and Mali. I mean, that makes sense. The State Department should warn us and say, don't travel here. So I totally get it. I'm totally supportive of, of that warning. That warning makes sense. Now, let's talk about level three. Which states you should reconsider travel, Paul? That includes countries that few people travel to, uh, Pakistan, Nigeria, Nicaragua, Ethiopia, and the Congo. So those um, don't surprise me, but Paul, I noticed two of them on the list yeah. that did surprise me. Yeah, that most people wouldn't think of. No. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamaica is on the reconsider travel list, as is Saudi Arabia. Now, that is, is 
is amazing to me. I just sat in a conference in New York City of SCIF Global Forum, and Saudi Arabia is there, and they're trying to be the next Dubai of the Middle East. They're spending billions of dollars to get people to travel there. But the State Department is telling us, reconsider travel to Saudi Arabia and Jamaica. Think how many tourists go to Jamaica to the all-inclusive. One of our top destinations because it's not Mexico and it has that all-inclusive option. So So the next headline in this week's Weekly Traveler reads, the State Department now has a fifth super designation they call Other. (laughs) Now, Paul, these includes Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. Of course, that makes sense. We all know why this area is listed. China is listed as other. That's kind of a political undertone there. That's they don't, they what, don't want to really list them, don't go, but they're warning. You, know? you got to question where politics play into a lot of this, really, because, you know, China, we've done China dozens of times, and it is something where you always just kind of question, you know, should I be more concerned about my safety than I am? And a lot of that comes from language barriers and things like that to where just not being comfortable. But, you know, I would say that uh, in, in all of my travels, China China compared to some place like Russia, where there's not they're not on any of these lists, but that's the last place I would ever want to go back to. Been sure. there, done that, and uh, for, there, as, as feeling like an American, that's one place where I felt like as an American I wasn't safe. And then the last one listed, but you spoke before on this other list is actually travel to Mexico. They're basically. That's a jaw, jaw-dropping uh, summary of what their warning is. Can I read this to you and our, our listeners? It says, violent crimes such as homicide, kidnapping, carjacking, and robbery is widespread and common in Mexico. My gosh, what a warning. And uh, either people that are going to Mexico aren't aware of that, or they don't care because they don't think it applies to them. Generally speaking, the Yucatan Peninsula is pretty safe, the Cancun area. But you go outside of that and you're talking about there's a lot of risk because of the cartels are everywhere. you got to kind of check on the cartels. And that's what you have to understand is, yeah, it's the, the, the government and law enforcement are going to do everything they can to protect the tourism destinations themselves because that brings so much of the revenue to them. But uh, you get outside of that or you start wandering into the areas that aren't primary tourism de- uh, locations and you can stumble into something you don't want to. I actually have a couple of guys that I know that uh, they were decided they were going to explore uh, one night into Cancun really? and they ended up locked inside of a bar while the cartel took all their credit cards, got all their PIN numbers, took all that. And so how I stumbled on it was I walked into my buddy's shop one day and he was on the phone with the credit card company explaining what happened and, and trying to get all the charges that were put on his cards uh, reversed. So it was well, a scary situation for them. Well, it is. And, and surprisingly, Mexico has been the big winner from COVID yeah. because in 2020. Uh, two, they were up 30% in travel, and this year, again, 30%. So they've been the big winner from COVID because people wanted to travel close by. They could get in Cancun by this afternoon. And the all-inclusives are a key. People just want to get away and relax and have a good time. So another uh, key to that is, and this came from a a group we had a couple years back that was over in Cabo, you know, Cabo is one of those and Mexico in general. You've got where the people live, which is where the cartels have their their controls. And then you've got the tourist areas. So, um, you know, we had we had a group going to one of the tourist areas in Cabo. And unfortunately, there was a, a uh, 
uh, cartel member that uh, that was being chased by law enforcement, and they took it into the tourism area. So, you know, that's the thing. I think you just have to go in with your eyes open. And, and you know, if you're out wandering the streets, then you're probably at a higher risk than if you're out enjoying the beach and relaxing and, and enjoying what that all-inclusive well, option is going to bring for you. That's a good point. And the, and the reality of it is that even the cartels know where their bread's buttered, and that's they want tourist money. So that's how they deal with drugs those types of things so it is an interesting world the, the final headline that i put in this week's weekly traveler reads we could eliminate 90 percent of the countries on the state department travel advisory list by applying good old common sense paul i mean basically keep your an- antenna up be aware where you're at and if you could get i think they should get rid of levels one and two i mean just to say take standard precautions why would they even have well, that, that on should the list? be logic that that's ridiculous to have places like greece and italy and denmark and i mean finland why would you even put those on you're a list? only at risk if you're making poor decisions at yeah, that point. yeah and that's anywhere in, in life uh-huh. and anywhere in the u.s too so with that first i got to comment our cool sign in the background man i love this weekly traveler Blue neon, thanks to <laughs> thanks to our team here with Elizabeth and and Ryan for putting all this together. But this is our new look, and we're we're excited about that in the future. So, and with that, I've got one final item on this week's weekly traveler, and it's our liberation tour, the Never Forget Journey, July thirteenth to the twenty fifth of twenty twenty four. This is the eightieth anniversary of D Day and Normandy Beach, and we work with a, a gentleman out in. Uh, Seward, Nebraska, who has the Nebraska National Guard Historical Society. And so uh, Jerry is going to be the leader of that tour. We did it during the 75th anniversary, had a great turnout. We get to see all the beaches, all the amazing things of history. And, you know, I'm not really that deep into World War II history, but I went on that tour and it, to me, it was one of the best tours I've ever been on. I think anytime you do something like that, where you get to look back at our history, it helps you to appreciate what we have as Americans. So, you know, I think there's, there's something deep to that and, and that we, that many of many Americans have gotten disconnected from because politics have driven so that we're not looking back at what we were that got us to where we are. And I think that's, that's what having an experience like that can do for us. You can go to executivetravel.com and look at our uh, our vacation travel page. This will be listed on that page this week. And so uh, every week we'll try to bring in one of our tours that we're doing. We also have a group with the Women of the Midwest, which is a women's only touring. That's uh, We do a lot of those, dozens upon dozens of tours all over the world. And we've also got a Cracker Jack team of vacation agents uh, uh, that are work with us and we're happy to help you with your vacation plans. We also, Paul, as, as many people may not know, that our primary business is with corporate travel management. And we do that with corporations all over the world. We help them manage their travel, save them thousands, sometimes in some of our large corporations, millions of dollars each year 
on their travels. So it's an exciting time to still be in the travel business. We're glad we're here. Oh, it's a fun industry and it's so fun to be able to get out and explore. So, you know, I think it's important that we recognize that safety is an, an issue in this world, but it's also something, as you mentioned, is you got to live life. And so that's what I'm planning on doing. I know you're, you're doing it here this week as well. So I'm going to keep getting out there and exploring. And Paul, what do we have in this week's Travel Week in Review? Have you got anything for us? I do. Um, just the last couple weeks, United came out and they're going to change up their process. I'm a big United guy. I have been uh, for a big for, one for K quite a right? while. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they, yeah. They take, mucky take muck. Yeah, one of them mucky mucks. Um, and what they're doing is they've come to finally recognize that the boarding process is about as clunky as you can get. <laughs> so they're actually going to recognize what the uh, process entails and try to streamline that. So I know uh, it's not uncommon as you, you get people that uh, with the current process, somebody gets in, they're sitting on the aisle. Well, they got two other people yet to come right. that uh, as they get there, they got to stand up, get out of the way. Those people have to toss their bags in and then climb over and get to that middle seat or that, that window seat. That's not good. What are they going to do? Now? Well, so they're going to, they're adding a group to the process. So they're going to still maintain their pre-boarding process, which is their customers with disabilities, the unaccompanied minors, the military members, global services, the families with children two and under, and then those 1K members. Then they're going to go to their group one, which is their premier platinum and gold members and Star Alliance gold members. And then those first class travelers uh, in that group one. And then they have their group two, which is their silver members, their Star Alliance silver members, and then their travelers with premier access um, and credit card holders. So credit that, cards. That's nothing different up to That's now, nothing right? different that's up till now. Yep. That's okay. how that's, this is where it, it starts changing. And now so. the drum roll and what's going to change. Now group three is going to be window seats are going to be the oh. first in group three. Okay. As well as those exit row seats. Um, Makes sense. And then they also, and I've never thought about this and, and how this plays out, but they're non-revenue travelers. And so I don't know why there's, there, there must be enough of those that are, are airline personnel, uh, that they're actually plugging them into a group, which I think is interesting that they would plug them in before the paid the, drivers. The, the, the paid yeah, drivers. So that one sense. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then we get into that group four will be the, the middle seats. So, you know, it just logically, we're going to start from the, the seats deepest in and then fill towards the aisles. So group five will be your aisle seats. And then uh, group six is that basic economy, the people that ultimately paid paid the least for their tickets and have no bags or don't have anything that's going to hold them up. So, so they're basically going to make Group four be window. Group, group three is window. window. Four is middle. Okay. And then your aisle is group five. And okay. then they plug in those basic. Well, that should make it go faster. How fast do they think? Is it add a couple <laughs> three minutes? Out uh, hopefully it cuts, yeah, 15, 20% of that time. But uh, And that it actually it's getting put into play. I want to say it's October 26th. So Next, it's coming up week. just this week. So you'll start to see it. Uh, on your return trip, if you're flying United yeah, next week. Exciting day. I've got to travel down to uh, Memphis and cruise down to New Orleans. It'll be it'll be fun to, to hear your experience when you get back. Because oh, doing sorry. a river cruise in the United States isn't something that many travelers yeah. probably think of. So when you told me that you guys were going to be doing that, it piqued my interest. So... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this week's weekly Traveler podcast. This is our ninth edition, I believe, Paul. I think so. And now we got the fancy lights up in the back. We're getting formal. We're just ready to go to town. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I'm Steve Glenn. And I'm Paul Glenn. 
please like, subscribe, and share, and add any comments or questions so we can deal with the topics that are of interest to you in a future podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.